0: You're listening to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, where we teach you how to grow your photography business. If you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts, check out sixfigurephotography.com. Now, here's your host, Ben Hartley. We're doing it. Episode 32 of the SFP Podcast. Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben Hartley with Six Figure Photography and Stone Story Creative. You guys, we have with us Zach Prez today. Zach is an SEO expert and marketing guru, but more importantly, perhaps for this audience, Zach works a full-time job while also, uh, doing his kind of dream job, his consulting SEO work on the side and, and really is building up his personal business, which I know is in a lot of situations where we find ourselves as photographers working day jobs while also maintaining the hustle of building our photography business. And so we're going to be learning a lot of insight from Zach and how he balances uh, two jobs at the same time, work-life balance, having a wife and children, and what this looks like for him. Before we jump in and connect with Zach, if this is your first time listening to the SFP podcast, the entire goal is to help to teach you how to grow your photography business, right? Find abundance in life, in meaning, joy, profits, and uh, and understanding your own self-worth is a huge part of that, but also providing value to every single person that you encounter and really that's my main goal is to provide value for you guys here with the sfp podcast so without further ado we're going to jump in talk to zach about how he does it how does he balance working a nine to five on top of uh his other dream day job so cheers let's talk to zach zach good morning 9 a.m on your neck of the woods uh where 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 are we talking from where are you at man
1: my neck is in northern california very nice (laughs) Beautiful and the summer, uh, love it out
0: here. That's awesome. And so, uh, this is a weekday for you. And and I, the very first question I want to talk about actually directly relates relates to everything that we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be discussing balancing, well, well, balancing like working a part time job, a full time job, while trying to to grow your business, while trying to grow your photography. And so, right now, you work you work a full time job uh, on top of everything else that you do. Is that correct?
1: I do. I. Um, been out of college for 15 years or so and had a full-time job that whole time. Um, it's great for security, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but in that time, I've always consulted small businesses on the side um, because I do web stuff, web marketing, general marketing. Um, people always have the need for that and it starts off helping friends right? This is the same as photographers. It's like, hey, you're a good photographer. Can you take my photos? And then it's, oh, wow, these are really good. Um, Can we do more? Or it turns into referrals. And then it builds and builds. And at some point, you either are happy with doing both or you can change from one to the other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess maybe I think that, um, people can learn a lot just by seeing the choices that others have made. And so what played into your decision to do both, to maintain a full-time job while also doing consulting work on the side for creatives? What was your thought process behind that? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. The, um, consulting is always fun, um, because it gives variety to which you may not get in a day job. For some people, their consulting or or side business is a completely separate industry than what they do full-time. For me, it's the same, which is good because they play off of each other. In the web space, things change so often that if I'm not constantly helping other people and answering questions about recent changes, um, it would be easy to fall behind with a regular job. So I like consulting for, um, I guess, three reasons. One is the variety, um, keeping on top of changes in the market, but also the side income is, I guess, the real reason why I got started in that. Uh, It's just easy to extend what you already know um, to help people one-on-one, and there's a reward that comes from that, and some pay. And so it's a, a nice hobby to have.
0: Nice. We, I mean, I've got like so many questions to ask. Um, and so I'm like trying to figure out which direction do we go. Uh, let, me, let me start with this. When you're working your full-time job, um, how do you then come home from work and, and kind of get into now your own business mindset to continue to, to kind of like switch gears a little bit uh, and now jump back into your own stuff? Is there any like tips or things that you do to make that transition?
1: There used to be a time where I would have to check my personal or, you know, my side business email constantly because I was afraid that emails would come through and I would need to respond to them right away. So there was this overwhelming pressure to try and completely do both at the same time. And I think what I realized as time went on is you're... Your side business can be as little or as much as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to tell people that you're doing both. Um, I used to try and build up the side business as if there were many people working in this industry. And we had a whole staff. And that's all we did. And we were very powerful. <laughs> I realized people out there hiring me are not that type of person. So I was projecting a company to a potential client that was an individual person just like me. And so as soon as I was honest and open with that, like, Hey, I'm Zach. My face is on the website. I'm a one man show. I do this all the time and, you know, would love to help you personally. Um, not only was there an understanding, um, and I would draw in the types of clients that I really wanted to work with, uh, but it took away a lot of that pressure too to hide behind a corporation.
0: Sure, I think a lot of photographers feel that way uh, of of not being like all in, right? They're not dedicated, um, and I think there's uh, there's like a pressure there, or maybe a worry of lack of cred- credibility. Um, do you have any uh, suggestions? Is it just being uh, honest with with the the clients that are reaching out to you, um, how do you how do you manage that um, without? I guess it sounds like you're not really losing clients. Is it is it more of an internal fear? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, even from a political perspective, people want somebody who's authentic, and you're much more likely to reach out to a person than a corporation. Um, so when when you are honest with people, they'll understand and value that. So there's many times where somebody will call me and say like, hey, I want you to take over search engine optimization for my site, which is something I have expertise in. And I have no problem with saying, um, you know, I do not take on clients like that. I would rather coach you to teach you what you need to know so that you can do it yourself. Because if I'm trying to manage multiple people, now their problems are my problems um, mm-hmm. I'm constantly watching where they're ranked, and that's just too much um, overhead even though it's mental overhead <laughs> to to take on so i'm very uh, I'm very clear with people if you're not the right fit for me um, either I'm not going to take you as a client or let me refer you to somebody that can help uh, and people value that How many yeah. times have you? like gone to, let's say a car dealership or a furniture store looking for something and they say, we don't have it, but this other company or competitor has it. You know, you get a, a strong sense of trust when they're able to do that. They're not fearful of losing your business because you're just not the right fit for them.
0: Sure, so it just sounds like it's it's a, uh, I mean, ultimately I guess it's a brand issue of being managing expectations, presenting yourself uh, in the way that's attracting the right clients and again just I think managing expectations from the get-go that you're not trying to to fake it there's no worry of being caught you're just being honest I think that a lot of photographers are, are projecting maybe something that's bigger than themselves and there's anxiety that comes along with that because they're they're deep down inside worry about getting caught um, Would you right.
1: yeah I totally relate to that it's um Really, you're trying to assume what your potential client wants, and you assume they want something big and powerful. Um, but I think in photography uh, that the opposite is true. You want somebody relatable, like a hairstylist, right? You could go to some huge production, um, but really the person working for you is that one hairstylist, and you go to them because you really get along and like their personality. So when you structure your brand to reflect that personality, you end up um, getting people to hire you that are the types of people you really enjoy working with. And yeah. so one tip I learned really quickly is um, it's the personal things that get you hired, not the expertise. So on my about page could say, I've won awards on X or been featured on X, but nobody ever calls me saying, oh, hey, you know, I I saw that you won this award. (laughs) They say, I see you're a soccer coach. I'm a soccer coach. I saw that you like Seinfeld. Um, That's my favorite show. Or you like um, Manchester United. That's my favorite team. So it's always something very specific that connects them with me. Not And it's personal in nature, not necessarily um, something business-related.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So a little story. uh, Prior to Stone Story Creative, that's the name of the studio that we run, um, it was just my wife and I, Ben and Les. And man, um, since we've grown, there's now uh, three full-time photographers with Stone Story um, it's been a challenge. It truly has been a challenge because you kind of start to lose some of that personal connectivity. I'm like jealous at times. Uh, not really cause my team kicks ass, but at sometimes, <laughs> sometimes occasionally I get a little jealous only from a, from a marketing standpoint of other like solo crews or husband and wife teams because in my mind they've got it so easy. Like they've got it made. Like if you can't book a wedding as a husband and wife team, we like there, we got problems. Um, <laughs> and I, that's how I feel at least. I feel like I'm at like this uphill battle. Um, because I, I, I don't necessarily have access. And so I'm always trying to come up with how do we, How do we grow big as as a studio and yet continue to stay small, intimate and personal um, from each photographer level? It's a it's a dynamic challenge, man. Um, Yeah, it really is. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a big tip for, um, you know, if you're if you're doing something on the side, you have very limited time. And so you have to be extremely effective in your time management to get things done. So when you said, like, how do I transition? you know, at five o'clock from one job to another, well, part of it is I only need less than an hour a day to, to run this side business. And it took many years to build up to that. But if you plan your activities and only do strategic activities for yourself and outsource the non-strategic ones, it's very doable. And so like you said, over time you built a staff, um, that's important to do. But it doesn't come right away, and you don't want to lose that personal touch. So it took me six, seven years of blogging and creating digital products before I had enough revenue to hire on assistants. And I always make sure that assistants do more of the processing type work than the actual branding or networking. So if I want to, let's say, approach um, some partners, I will always be the first touch. I will call them or email them saying, hey, are you interested in this? And if you are, great. Now I'm going to hand you over to this person who works with me and they're going to handle the details with you.
0: Hey, t- um, tell me a little bit about how you how you manage that in regards to kind of creating a touch point and a personal one and then handing them off to another person. Have you found that a uh, difficult... Uh, in terms of like, you know, them feeling more attached to you, uh, to, to your personality and now they're kind of being handed off. How have you managed that?
1: Um, it's pretty much like I said, where the kickoff is from me personally, Um, but then once you're into the weeds which is usually pretty fast like okay i need this guest post from you on this day and here's the things that need to be a part of it all those things can easily be done by an assistant and i think that they they don't mind doing that because they're going to get a faster response than from me personally so the assistant can talk more in real time and answer questions and handle the details and more than likely they're all people just like me who have assistants as well, so they kind of know how it works. Um, in the photography space, you just want to make sure your clients trust that the, the key portions are handled by you, the expert. Um, so you wouldn't want to outsource the actual taking of the photos, right, because that's not why they hired you. Sure. But the Photoshop stuff um, is fine. If yeah. you're going to deliver final photos, you know, you want to do that personally rather than um, somebody else because that's a, a part of sales. So it's it's probably striking a balance that you already know and feel is appropriate. Um, but as, as much as you can task to other people because I can earn more money from thinking of a new idea or, um, focusing on making partnerships with other big brands than I can from editing or, um, writing something or finessing something or updating my website so I can task those things out because they're not strategic.
0: Absolutely. So, um, let's kind of maybe even rewind a little bit as you're as you're coming at this because even what you said you're at the point now where you're consulting work on the side apart from your your day job we'll say um it's only taking about an hour but i bet at the beginning uh it wasn't an hour but it was a lot more work kind of building things up and so i almost want to stay in that space because i think that's where a lot of photographers are i think if man if if I could work a full-time job and then be a professional photographer, and it'd only take an hour to run everything, I'd probably be doing that. <laughs> right. But um, so let's kind of uh, have that that mind space for a second. What did you do in the early years when when a new lead reached out to you? How would you respond to them during normal work hours, like when you were at your day job? How would you handle that?
1: Um, if it's something quick. I uh I might say, you know, let me get back to you later when I have more time. I, I might not say when I have more time. I, I might just be like, Hey, I got your message. This sounds exciting. Let me let me think about this for you. Um other times I'll call somebody back directly because I realize if I write something I'm overthinking and it just takes longer to write it than to say it. So very often I will call people back Knowing I'll get their voicemail, so that I can leave a message e- explaining what I wanted to say. I've even had people that record an audio file and email it to me, so they could have a five-minute personal response rather than typing it via email, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you have to overthink it. Um, the The point is, you just have to be able to not wait too long before responding to somebody even if you don't have time um you know like a, like a mechanic you take your car in the best thing they can do is say well this is going to take two days um you know there it is versus you know we'll get back to you in an hour well now it's going to be another hour now it's going to be another hour if, if they're just up front to begin with that can set the expectation
0: yeah, absolutely. When I, um, prior to going full-time uh, with photography, this was uh, circa, uh, well, I went full-time in 2013. And so um, prior to that, I had worked at a production studio design house. Um, and I was trying to, sh- I was trying to shoot weddings. I was, I was building up the business. And um, whenever we get inquiries, uh, there was this period of time where I would wait till I got home. But man, some brides they just want a book. Like if you're late, you're late and you miss the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was finding myself um, going out on lunch breaks and I would just hop in my car and I would go drive around uh, Toledo and just call, call the brides that had contacted me the, the, the day before. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I guess it just took, it just took a lot of dedication, a lot of hustle, uh, a lot of energy. And I want to talk about energy for a second. Cause even as I read more about you, Zach, I'm reading on here, uh, you, you bike every day that just like makes my tush hurt thinking about it. Um, <laughs> what is this? Um, an Olympic sport of fruit cutting. Um, you eat a ton of fruit. Where do, where do you find your energy from, uh, as you're managing both of these businesses?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's just a personality thing. If you like what you're doing, you're going to have fun in doing it. Um, sure. anything that's stressful, I will. I will not allow. So if if you know, if somebody pirates my stuff and steals it, it's like, you know, no big deal. They needed it more than me. <laughs> you know, I'm more I'm I'm like that kind of attitude. Yeah. Um and that can alleviate a lot of stress. Uh if you get help and trust others like an assistant to help you, um you know, that's going to to help you a lot. Um so this, you know, this is a, my cre- creative industry is the same as photographers. Um, so just being in a creative environment, I think, can keep that momentum going. Also, it's very exciting when you have a side project. Uh, you might not necessarily rely on that income. So it's exciting when when you get sales. And I would say when you don't have a lot of time, uh, you need to invest in automated um, ways to make money versus activities where it takes your time to earn the money. So, I've scaled back considerably on my consulting stuff because, with consulting or any service industry, you only get paid when you do something for somebody else. Um, now, I do almost exclusive like digital products and digital trainings, so those sales can happen automatically. So, for example, working on an ebook uh, right now about Facebook ads. And that was done most of the work in the summer when I had the time to do it. And then once it launches, that will be an automatic revenue stream without me putting additional time into it. So anything you can create that can sell itself, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't eat up additional time later. And also it has a a high resale value. So what a lot of people might not know is that this photography spark, my website, it's my third website. I sold my two previous ones. I started off very small and niche with a photography SEO based site. And I ran that for two years and took it to a point where, um, most of the things were automated. I had guest posters, um, doing most of the article writing, the digital products were selling themselves. So I sold that whole business and started another one this time on photography, web marketing and created digital products and automated guest posting and you know assistance and all that was able to sell that and now I'm on my third iteration. So the exit strategy is always if you're going to sell a web presence, the people that buy it want a couple of things. They want traffic and subscribers, but they also want an automated revenue stream to where they can take it over, even if they're not an expert on that subject. So my web marketing one, the person I sold it to was not necessarily a web marketing expert, but there was a system in place to where they could run that business just like any type of franchise. Yeah. So as you put together the vision for your business, you know what things can you create? Um, that can work while you're on vacation or they can continue to run if you've passed it on to somebody else.
0: It's awesome. So in review, um, don't sweat the small stuff. I love that. Don't stress just like uh, worrying about bigger things. Something that I always tell myself, Zach, is that worse things have happened to better people. I tell (laughs) myself that because, man, like Uh, I'm privileged in so many ways. And so when, when, you know, something terrible goes wrong, um, when I get that email where the bride's not happy or she wants a refund or or whatever it may be, dude, worse things have happened to better people and I just keep moving forward. Um, I love the idea of a creative environment. Uh, And I think for a lot of photographers who are trying to go... Uh, they're while well, they're working a job and then they're on the side and they're coming home and you know maybe there's kids uh or pets and just a mess um i would encourage you to to take a look and see if you have any co-op spaces uh in your area um if you're at a small area like c- quite candidly <laughs> like the public library can actually be a really good place just to go uh and like just chill and get things done um and then as well um you said to love what you do and I think this is really um this is challenging for a lot of photographers because uh I think they're just scared I think they're they're scared to to go all in or or to make that transition um but I guess I want to talk about the last one for a minute because I bet a lot of photographers who Mm are listening to that last one uh were um were maybe confused about how that applies. You were talking about automations and systems and creating a web presence that, you know, it's like a passive income that kind of works on its own and online products. And I think that just went over a lot of photographers' heads because they're like, look, I'm a service industry. I've gotta show up, I've gotta do the work, I gotta meet with people. Um, But I think the takeaway, you guys, and I'm curious to hear from you, Zach, but I think the takeaway as photographers is, Um, Yes, this is still a service industry, but you can create systems and automations that will help you uh, to move the needle forward without you having to do all of the energy repeatedly uh, all the time. Like for example, uh, we use Tave, right? And Tave allows us to create automations where we get to, to do automated questionnaires and contracts and order forms uh, and emailing, email tracking, lead tracking. And anytime you can break that down into systems, I think that's a, that's a win. W- would, you, um, would you be able to connect maybe some other dots of, of automations yeah. uh, systems that maybe photographers could be thinking about that would really play to that angle?
1: Yeah. um, As far as revenue streams, my revenue streams are divided among selling my own services, selling digital products, selling other people's products. That's affiliate stuff. So for example, you can be an Amazon affiliate. So if you refer a camera through an Amazon link to somebody on your site, you can get paid a percentage. Or if you refer um, wall guides or frames you can get a kickback on those referrals so affiliate sales uh, and advertising revenue so if you can partner with a wedding venue or a family clothing store or even a restaurant or dentist or anything you know they could pay you to have a presence on your site so diversifying your income takes away the reliance on having to constantly do a service every time to get paid. Um, And then for automating a website, what I do is I I have no less than one blog post a week. Not all those blog posts are written by me, actually only about 10%. So I have a lot of other voices on my site. So even if I'm on vacation, um, I've got other people blogging for me they send those posts to my assistant who schedules them to go live on my website. So even if I got five posts sent to me today, they're only going to release once a week for the next five weeks. So I'm usually always about a month ahead of my writing needs. And then that post is cut and paste into my newsletter. So it only takes me five minutes a week to do my newsletter because it's just copying and pasting the blog posts that went live that week. The other idea around automating a newsletter is if you sign up with your email address on my website, then you're getting an automated email series. You get like a seven week series. So that's one email a week for seven weeks that I've already pre-written. So even if I no longer wrote newsletter content, Um, I had created one set of seven emails and everybody's gonna get at least seven emails from me. Mm -hmm. That's called the autoresponder series. So with photography that's great because if, I guess there's certain things, let's say you're a wedding photographer that you wanna educate a bride about and whatever your newsletter was that week may be way off target from what that bride needs to know. So if you set up a scheduler in advance, then the first email they get is, you know, what do you you need to consider when hiring a photographer? And then the next email is ideas for your wedding and then planning for your wedding. So you spend the time up front to create this system that's automated. And that takes a lot less time than having to figure out, well, what am I going to write about this week? And then it's off message when it hits a brand new person. That's awesome. I think
0: too, as, as you're talking about this, um, for photographers, I want to encourage you if, if you're thinking about, um, creating, you know, sets of emails to send to potential leads as they reach out to you. Um, I want to encourage you to think about it in terms of, of jabs rather than right hooks. There's a great gent I follow um, named Gary, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he talks a lot oh, yeah. about this. And I see this in, in the industry on, on Facebook, on your Facebook pages, on groups, where there's lots of right hooks. And what I mean by right hooks is like the big ask. You're always like asking like, hey, do you wanna hire me? Or like, hey, go right. give my Facebook page a like. Or hey, go visit here and leave me a review. Or fill up my contact form. And it's always asking, asking, asking um, in a very like public open way. And I think the opportunity that you have with with an automated, you know, um, email sequence to to leads who are contacting you to contacting you is just the little jabs. When I say little jabs, it's actually just giving, 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 giving mm-hmm. with zero ask in return, entirely everything being about whether they hire you or not. How do you help this bright out? And um, and that's what will lead to eventually them them. Like it's reciprocation part of it right It's like I provide value to you, and now there's a reciproc a reciprocation that wells up inside the other person, but ultimately you're you're just helping them um and then the the ask can come at the very end uh in a in a light way what do you agree Zach
1: absolutely um the people that hire me. I always say, how'd you hear about me? And the answer is, um, it was maybe about five years ago, you know, I signed up for your stuff and, you know, I've been getting it every week and now finally I have the money or now finally I'm ready. Or it's that they heard me through somewhere else. So like, here's an example of me talking to you. I'm creating content in less than an hour of my time and I'm reaching your entire audience of photographers. Um, which is much greater than I could get through creating something on my own site. So most of the time that I spend is creating stuff for other people because that's got a much broader reach than if I wrote it for myself. And then the stuff I put on my site is a small combination of my stuff with a lot of stuff from other people. And what I like is when people come to my site, they get a lot of voices and a lot of expertise more than I could provide on my own.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, Okay, I've been actually talking a little bit about Tava here for a minute, and I want to just take a quick pause. um, And then I want to get into, uh, when we're done with this section, I want to get into talking more about like management like work-life balance like how are you actually doing that because again I think a lot of listeners they're not only working a full-time job they're 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 shooting weddings they're shooting you know portraiture and they also have kids and I know you have a family as well and so I want to talk about the whole balancing act that exists with that um what is it what is like the social life look like um so that's where we're going to be heading next you guys um but I got to stop for a second and I just got to give some some love to to a couple companies a couple people really that, um, that have really helped uh, support, um, the SFP podcast, help support us as a studio. Um, and you guys, the companies I'm about to mention, these are, these are companies that I use personally with our studio every single day. They have helped us to get to where we are. Uh, and I, and I just, I actually just use them and I love them and I want you guys to know about it. And so one is Tave. I've been talking about Tave a little bit, uh, during our, our conversations act, but Tave is a CRM, Client Relationship Management uh, piece of software online. It allows me to manage everything and it syncs with uh, it's all mobile friendly, so I can open it up on my iPhone or my iPad or my laptop or my desktop, and it's all going to be the same. Uh, and it allows me to, to track everything from leads to bookings, order forms, contracts, questionnaires, and I can automate systems specifically, uh, to the way that I run my show, right? Which is going to be different than the way that you run your show. And I can brand it. Um, I use it from our, Stone style Story creative. We use it for our photo booth company. My sister uses it for her floral company. Um, you guys just got to check it out. Uh, uh, by the way, um, they love us. And so they've given everybody out there 20% off and an additional free month. Uh, if you use the coupon code six figure photography, all capitals. So go do yourself a favor. Check it out. If you don't like it, you can leave, but I think you will. Um, and then the next one is Miller's uh, today. You guys, by the well, I guess I, this won't go live right now, but right now it is uh, Thursday, um, September 1st, and I'm going to be going on uh, six figure live on Facebook and ordering through Miller's Lab uh, some family prints um, for you guys. So follow us there, by the way, if you don't already. But um, I'm going to be ordering prints from Miller's uh, today directly online. Um, And the reason we use Miller's, uh, we use them for albums, canvases. They... um, Man, they're just so fast. They're so efficient. They're so productive, uh, and their the quality is amazing, and it's consistent. You guys, and again, Miller's just—they really care. They want your clients to have images in their hands and on their walls uh, as soon as possible. And so, um, we're gonna we're gonna do that today. Uh, check it out. But anyhow, they've got twenty five percent off their signature albums for you guys. Just use um, SFP, all capitals, SFP. 25, all uh, no spaces in there, SFP25. And Miller's is hooking up with 25% off. So, anyhow, thanks, uh, Miller's. Thanks, Tave, uh, for all the support that you give uh, for our studio and to our clients uh, that you really help move the ship forward. So, you guys, check them out. Um, Zach, thanks, man. I-, I just had to do that. I really uh, appreciate everything those companies do for us. So, um, thanks, dude.
1: Sure. That sounds great. I'm looking <laughs> at Tave now. This is an awesome tool.
0: Awesome, so we gotta talk about work-life balance, man. Um, We gotta go there, I think this is the big question, and I I get asked it all the time, and I, I think deep down in my heart, I know the answer, and I'm pretty sure that you all know the answer. Um, and we may just have to call a spade a spade when we talk about this. Maybe, maybe Zach, maybe you're going to blow me away with some like answer I'm not <laughs> expecting that's going to like revolutionize everything. But I don't know. So let let's talk about this. Like, um, how do you balance working a business or working at a job, building a business, and then on top of it, family? And, and again, as you answer this, I want you to think back to when you first started out, um, with photography spark, when you first started building your first website.
1: Yeah, I guess the shocker would be if I had a twin that sat in with my family while I left and did all my business stuff.
0: <laughs> you don't though, right? No, I Robots. don't.
1: <laughs> um, the the biggest, I, I guess you have you have to be upfront with your family that this is something you're doing and you need some time to accomplish it. But other is that I found it was always very hard to work in the room and you know to be on the computer but also be present with family. You can't do both. Mm-hmm. So the two things that make that easier is either one, to leave. And I mean leave the house because if I'd go work in my office then five minutes later There's a knock on the door asking a question. So you go to that library or that coffee shop to get stuff done. Um, And the other is to set a timer, which I do, because if I don't dedicate an hour and set a timer to stop after an hour, then I'm going to get lost in my work and work the entire night. Hmm. Um, So setting that timer is there? In, any, in I mean, you're just being
0: as basic. I, I know there's like lots of online trackers that you can use, little pieces of software, plugins for your browser. Are you using anything in particular, or are you just like stop watching it?
1: Yeah, I'll go. You just search online timer uh, on Google, and there's a, a website where you set the clock, and it has this really obnoxious beep that doesn't stop at the end. Um, so I I do that because if. Just in that action, I know I'm committing to one hour only. So my that hour is super effective because I know I have a hard stop, and I don't get lost doing the stuff like lost in Facebook or forums about photography or typing a response that's too long because I know I only have an hour, and if I don't get done the main task I need to get done in that hour, then I'm going to be behind. Mm -hmm. So really, just be super diligent about I'm gonna dedicate time I'm gonna do it without my family there and you know I'm gonna make that happen
0: yeah I think the advice that I give a lot of people um, and this is I mean this is just what I did like the reality is when I hear that people don't have time uh, my question is how badly do you want it like how how badly do you want it um, Cause I think that we make time for a lot of things. Like we make time for a lot of bull. <laughs> um, and I, I just think that we have to accept the fact that things are going to have to be sacrificed. Right. Um, and it might be, it might be the, uh, the rec league. It might be Netflix. Um, it might be your cell phone games. It, uh, yeah, it might, I don't know. I, I just think that things are going to have to be sacrificed. We have to be honest with ourselves and we like, I guess when, when people complain about this question, that's my very first thing is like, I, I want to like see into their life, like, well, what are you doing? What, what do you actually want to accomplish? Um, for me, one of the big priorities that I was not willing to sacrifice though, was family, what was my time with family. Like, that's why I'm doing it right. Like, that's why I'm wanting to start a business in the first place is to, to spend more time with them. And so I just had to make, uh, make some commitments. And so Zach, for me, it looked like, um, coming home, right? Coming home around five o'clock, spending five to nine with my little girl. I've got a two-year-old girl, right? Five to nine being dad. Um, and when nine hits, like from nine to 2am, I'm going hard to build something. Um, and, and that was the commitment that it took. And then from there, whether it's nine to 2am or it's 5am, you know, to, to 8am, whatever it is, I think that um, it's, it just takes time. It takes real time and real hustle. And I think you just have to be honest with yourself about that. Like how badly do you want it? Like if this is your dream job, if this is what you want to be doing for the rest of your life, because it makes you happy, um, then what's it worth? And, uh, is it worth being a little bit more tired the next day? Um, I guess I, I can't answer that for everybody. Um, but for me it was, um, and it sounds like for you, it was too.
1: It took a significant amount of work, Um, and I'm a very list-oriented person, so if I felt like I needed to do something, I could feel fulfilled if I just added it to the list. So I don't need to take care of that whole thing right now, I just need to put it on my to-do list. And so my one hour, which also is like 9 p.m. after doing dinner and decompressing and getting the kids down, that kind of stuff. Um, then it's working through that list in priority order. And I make sure that whatever I do from the list is the top priority that's needed most urgently, even if it's the thing that I don't like to do. Um, Because otherwise I'm going to spend all this time doing the fun stuff, but that's not really growing my business because it wasn't as strategic
0: and there's so, um, so many fun things for photographers too like we're man yeah. we got it really hard we're like we could edit some pictures we could go try some <laughs> new presets out we could go post something on facebook and see how many likes we get um yeah so don't many open uh,
1: yeah don't open pinterest <laughs> yeah. if, if you want if you're trying to work uh and then you just get sucked in for forever
0: Yeah, totally agree. My goodness. So, um, man, I just had a thought. Uh, Oh, yes. So list tracking. um, Are you using any tools in particular? Um, I know there's just there's so many apps. There's so many like whether it be an iPhone or Android app or even just um, applications, pieces of software on your computer. Or are you just going like old school pen, paper, sticky note style? How are you tracking your your lists and tasks to accomplish?
1: That's a good question. Um, I do. I do nothing on paper because I might not have that paper with me when I need it. Um, so I'm, everything's Google-based, like uh, Google Keep for my notes, Google Docs for drafts and things. Um, that way I can access it from any computer. I have an Android phone, and with that running Google Chrome browser and my computer running that, you know, I type one letter of a URL, uh, and it remembers and looks up you know, what I had access from my phone. So when you're working in multiple locations, um, that's very helpful. Uh, it's very low tech. I spent, uh, my, my CPA, my tax guy always joked about how he couldn't understand how I was able to operate so much revenue on such little expenses because I had the expense of my website to run. Um, But that was about it. I had some expenses for assistance to help manage, but otherwise, almost no software or tools, no advertising, um, because you need to just make it work with almost no budget. And the way to do that is through, um, you know, building up an income until you were at the point where you can invest in it. So like my first website didn't have a design or a logo for a year because I was just testing it out to see could could this be something. So I didn't feel like I needed to um, create an LLC and have a brand uh, because I didn't know if it was going to work and I didn't want to invest up front and have that risk. So just little by little, you keep adding on, which is hard to do, especially because I have kind of a design and web background um, and marketing. So to not have that be official was scary. But also in doing that, um, I just grew slowly and steadily. So when I was ready, then I would buy into the next thing.
0: Nice. It's it's like the... uh... MVP, right? Minimum viable product. This is actually a really interesting thing. This gets talked a lot about in the web space, and well, in any product space. But I don't think this gets talked about in terms of a service industry. But it should, right? An MVP, an MVP, a minimal viable product is 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 what you're doing. um, Is it actually viable? Is this going to create revenue for you? And so the whole concept of an MVP, you guys, is. Is before you go and you build out an entire website and flesh out this full brand and you spend all the time um, crafting every little detail, um, start broad and see if there's if it's actually going to stick. See if see if you're going to actually get a following and if revenue can potentially come from this before worrying about all these other small tasks. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, man. I, I I did that idea.
1: A part of my low stress model has been, it's actually less stressful for me to keep the regular job because I don't have to worry about how successful the side project will be because I have the security of the regular job. And for those people that are considering making a switch to be full-time photographers, you have to know that you're going to be successful for the next 10 years. You might have enough clientele to, to hold you for a year. Um, but you better make sure that it can extend beyond that. and that's always been my concern about making a full switch is you know, are my ebooks going to be relevant uh, in a year? Um, will there have been some other advertise or some other um, product or site a competitor that does what I do and makes me irrelevant in a year? Am I relying on Google traffic and if they change their algorithm, that would put me out of business in a year? Um, so I was never ready from a security standpoint to take that risk. Um, also because of what I had learned through selling sites that making an automated revenue generator is what people want to buy. I've set that up for myself and so even if I sold out of this side project, um, I'd make a less than managing it myself because through that automation, I can do it in a very little amount of time. So why would I want to sell that, um, when it's now a residual income stream?
0: Sure. So let's, um, let's end with this. Let's end on the topic of, Of the exit plan but not the exit plan from photography the exit plan from from the day job whether it's part-time full-time I know a lot of photographers are trying to figure out how how to make that transition what are some things that you would encourage a photographer to have in place before jumping full-time into their own
1: business Um, I'd say two things one is having that business plan I actually sell one of these, a business plan cookbook on my site. There's a lot of unforecasted costs and expenses once you switch to this full-time only source of income model, like uh, medical benefits, for example, or, um, you know, having an LLC or something. So you really need to think through uh, how much do you need to charge? How many clients do you need to really make this viable? Otherwise, you're going to spend 60 hours a week to make minimum wage, which you probably don't want. So planning planning through your entire business strategy and accounting for costs like branding and marketing, um, all those are important to do up front. And if you do that and realize, hey, you know, this, the numbers aren't there, that's okay. You just need to build up enough of your demand um which might take a couple years so that you can charge more money and it will make it worth it just because it's not worth it now doesn't mean it it won't be later so being honest with yourself about your plan um and really thinking through it up front uh is the first thing nice
0: awesome man one last takeaway i i want to give our listeners an action step um and uh as you're thinking about this, I'm going to give you a moment here, buy some time. I'm going to, uh, I've got one other thought here, but I want to give an action step. Um, something that, uh, a photographer who's listening to this, a creative, an entrepreneur who's listening to this podcast, as soon as they get home, they can go and do, um, that will help, uh, to move the needle. And, and maybe that needle is just reduce the amount of stress. Maybe the needle is automation. I don't, I don't know, but I'd love to give, uh, the audience something to do. Um, and so as you're thinking about that, as well, as you were just talking about this stuff, um, Uh, It sounds like you've got a business plan uh, that you offer um, as well. This isn't a full business plan, but just to give photographers an idea on what it would actually take, what you would have to charge in order to go full time. Um, I put together a pricing calculator that um, you guys can go to. I'll I'll put it down in the show notes for you guys, a link, and it can just literally go through uh, a series of questions and it'll help to give you an idea, not a pinpointed answer, but an idea on what it's going to take. Uh, to go full time, how many clients do you need to have? What do you need to be charging those clients um, on average uh, in order to to make the plunge to make it worth it? So I, I want you guys to take take a look at that. I think it has a lot to do with what Zach just said. All right, Zach, action step. what do you got?
1: Um, create a, a workflow so that you know exactly what you 're going to do and you spend time only on those things like mine was a weekly blog post. So I didn't feel the obligation to write more than that because I told myself I only needed it weekly at this point. Um, and then I sent that out via a newsletter. And to to get your list, like if you've got a lot of subscribers, and Ben had talked about creating resources to, to gain those subscribers, um, then the more people you have following you, the easier it is to sell. So if you just focus now on creating great content on a regular basis that doesn't take you very long to do and can grow your audience, then at some point the demand for your services is going to be high enough to where you can charge what you really need to make it be successful.
0: Amen. And big hint, everybody, Facebook Live. All right, I'll leave it on that. (laughs) I'll leave it on that. all right, Zach. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Um, this was this was fantastic. This was great. It's nice having someone who's outside of the industry, who's not necessarily a wedding photographer, but but you, but you're you're an entrepreneur and you're moving the needle forward for creatives. Uh, you're well aware of the space, and so I, I think you bring a perspective uh, that's that's really needed in the industry. So thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Awesome, Zach. Cheers. A lot of what Zach is talking about you guys is is kind of coming from this online content marketing world of of websites and actually producing uh, online materials and so the translation for us as photographers you know as he 's talking about um, producing content and building your list. I think the big thing here is, is producing, producing, producing. We have the great, uh, benefit that most, uh, businesses don't have and that we produce content purely as our, as our product. And so, uh, I want to encourage you guys to get out and shoot more. If you, even if you don't have paid clients, look, you have to start you have to start somewhere. You have to be putting out work consistently. Um, and and that is that, that's work that's consistent with your brand. And so please, you guys, start today. Get together with friends. Get together with other photographers. Start doing mini sessions and, and start pushing out content as much as you can to get the word going. Um, you really have to step up to the plate and deliver on this in order to get uh, traffic generating back to you. If you want more access to me Monday through Friday... I come you guys live on our Six Figure Photography Facebook page and bring you all behind the scenes at our photography studio, Style and Story Creative. And it's a great chance just to connect with me. Uh, I'm going to answer questions, Q&A sessions live right there with you guys. Uh, and I've already gotten an opportunity to meet a ton of you. So show up, Six Figure Photography Facebook page, uh, and you'll get a chance to see. We have over 50 live videos already there, and they're coming at you more and more. Uh, probably by the time this airs, they'll be close to 70 or 80. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys there. If not, we'll see you on our future episodes. Goodness. What are we at here? 33, 32. It's all good. We'll see you later. Bye everybody.